the beast was given a mouth to utter boasts and blasphemies. It was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It began to speak blasphemies against God, to blaspheme his name and his dwelling, those who dwell in heaven. And it was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. It was also given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All those who live on the earth will worship it, everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slaughtered. If anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. If anyone is to be taken captive, into captivity he goes. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for endurance and faithfulness from the saints. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a, a portion out of Revelation chapter 13, which is our uh, preaching text for this Sunday. As you've probably uh, realized over the last few weeks that as a church, we're going through sort of a broad overview of the book of Revelation, in part because uh, the, the church has had this text for many, many centuries, and yet Every single denomination in the world has a different understanding, interpretation of this of this text, of this revelation written by John. And, and this is one of those places in which we get ourselves in the most trouble. Uh, one of the struggles that we have, and as Pastor Chris has been preaching on it, talking about how uh, over... Uh, grand amount of time. We've had plenty of people who've decided they understand exactly what's happening in Revelation, what all the visions mean and, and all these, these other things, all the different scrolls and the trumpets and all these things, the dragon and the beast. And, and later on in, in 13 is where you, you get that number, 666. Uh, and uh, we've even heard politicians talking about how the vaccine and vaccine passports are actually the mark of the beast and that we can't have the mark of the beast. It's all bad. You know, all these things because we've, we've created this interpretation and this reaction to this interpretation, which has basically subjugated us to fear. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't fear whatever may come at the end of time, that, that we shouldn't fear uh, what is to come with the end of the age, with, with this cosmic battle that is taking place, this thing that is bigger than us. We also should not um, take it and put it up on a shelf and have it just as a little bobble that we have up there and think it's just so cute. Oh, isn't this a lovely little part of our of our theology, what we understand, but it's never going to happen. But isn't it cute? Yeah, we, yeah, we don't want to be doing that either. Um, but part of the reason why I picked this small section out of 13 is because number one, 13 is just somewhat confusing uh, in, in many ways. But also, I think this section here is probably the most important section out of all of chapter 13 for us to understand. Because it begins to tell us uh, that that you have the dragon at the very beginning, uh, which is which I think throughout time the church is considered to be Satan, the devil, and then you have this beast that comes out of the sea and had ten horns and seven heads and and all these things and and had blasphemous names written on it and it's it's this weird looking creature and that everyone bows down before the beast 
because the beast is powerful and majestic and does these great signs and wonders and all these things. And then the second half of the chapter, there's another beast that, that comes up and he's, he's more of a, a, a prophet, a religious leader. And it's there that we get uh, this mark of the beast that no one, it says rich or poor, free or slave, small or great, no one was able to buy or sell without uh, having this mark, whatever it might be. And so that's where a bunch of us get down this road of craziness within our understanding of Revelation, where we start to apply it to so many things. And, and then we want to sit there and we want to try and decipher what 666 means uh, to see you know how we can figure it out so we can avoid it, right? Well, that's one of the first things that we need to talk about. One of the things I notice in the church over a number of decades now working in the church is that we'll obsess ourselves with end time stuff and we'll see it as something that we need to fear, something that we need to run away from. This is, well, we need to fight against one world government because Revelation speaks of one girl, world government coming at the hands of the beast and, and the dragon, and, and that's just bad. It's bad because it's part of the dragon, it's part of the beast, it's part of this, this tribulation period. Well, if it's something that's prophesied in Revelation, and it's something that's going to happen, and it's something that's going to be true, and when it comes means that it's the beginning of those birth pains that we had in our gospel last week, where Christ is going to come victorious, just as he always is depicted over and over and over again in Revelation. Why do we fear it? Yeah, it's going to suck. And I, and I think it's mostly the Western world, Western Christianity that look at it because we don't like to be inconvenienced. We don't like to be persecuted, even in the littlest way. We want our freedom. We want to be left alone. We, we don't even want to actually talk with anybody about our faith. We, we just want it to be there as this sort of badge of honor that we have. When the reality is, is that even if, okay, let's play the game. Even if all this vaccine passport stuff and the mark of the beast and all these things uh, is coming to fruition, right? That, that we all have to get a vaccine and we all have to get this vaccine passport or else we can't buy or sell anything. And it's the beginning of the end, right? That everything is just collapsing in on itself. Well, then actually, in some ways, as the church, shouldn't we rejoice? Because that means we're one step closer to what? The return of Christ. The, the end of this age and the beginning of the new. The end of, of the tribulation. The end of the pains in this world. The end of sin, death, and the devil. And the coming of the new Jerusalem. The coming of the new heavens and the new earth. The coming of the actual... Uh, solidified new birth found in Jesus Christ. Does that mean that we rush to, to try and usher it in? No. But, but at the same time, we can be scared because we don't want to go through whatever pain or suffering might be coming. But we can also trust that Christ said he's going to come again. And so we hold to that. But I want to come back to our the, the section that I chose to read which was verses 5 through 10. And things that we need to pay attention to here. 
is that the amount of times the beast is a recipient, the beast being passive, the beast being one who is given a mouth to utter boasts and blasphemies, that he would not be able to do that if he wasn't given that mouth, that the beast was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. The fact that he did not wrest that authority for himself, he, he, he does not uh, uh, wage war and obtain that authority, it's, gift, it, it's gifted to him, allowed to take place, just like Satan was allowed to torment Job, that, that it was permitted for a time. That the beast has no power on his own apart from that which was permitted for him to have for a brief period. Here being 42 months, so what would that be? Three and a half years? Something like that. Yeah, I can't do math. Or, or began to speak blasphemies against God, to blaspheme his name and his dwelling, those who dwell in heaven. Think about that, that God gives him a mouth and allows him to, to rip God a new one over and over and over again. And God is just sort of sitting up in heaven going, yeah, yeah, just you wait. And he was permitted to wage war, permitted, allowed to. He was also given authority over every tribe, tongue, and nation, and people. These things given to the beast, that the beast doesn't actually have this power on his own, that he's allowed to have these things for a short period of time. And so what we rejoice in is the fact that, number one, the beast has no power. The beast might feign power over us, the, 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 the sins, the tribulations, the difficulties, the persecutions, the, the, the cosmic battle that is taking place, the, the, the politicians who we think to be in the company of the devil or, or whatnot. They can feign the power that they have over us, but they don't have it. And even if they do have power over us, it's temporary. But God is eternal. And it says that all those who are not written in the book of life of the Lamb who is slaughtered uh, will be worshiping the beast. And that's the only thing that maybe we should be terrified of. The fact that sometimes we are so geared towards idolatry that anyone who comes to us showing any sort of power, any sort of strength, any sort of ability to rescue us from our own demise, rescue us from our own sins, uh, rescue us from any sort of fears that we have about what the world is going to look like, will turn to it, thinking that he or her some sort of savior. In reality, nope, not at all. Not without, uh, not without God permitting it for a time. And so church, rejoice in the fact that it is a temporary thing that's coming. But also you have to remember that every single time we have one of these sections in Revelation talking about this tribulation period, it always ends with the victory of Christ. And then we have another picture of it, and then it comes to us again, this victory in Christ. And that is what we rejoice in, the temporariness of... of uh, of the tribulation, of the pain, of, of, of the fear, uh, knowing that God is in control through all of it. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, give unto us the increase of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain that which thou dost promise. Make us to love that which thou dost command. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace. Serve the Lord. We will see you tomorrow with our gospel reading.